Have you ever wanted to go to space? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to live on Mars? Have you ever wanted to be an astronaut? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a leader outside of this planet? Today we speak with Blaze Sanders, ex-NASA engineer and now CTO. We will speak with him about mental health and his thoughts of being a CTO of his company. We'll also take a look at his innovative mindset and how he applies it to not only his work, but the people around him. Stay with us here on Executive Brain. Welcome to the Executive Brain, focused on the self-actualization of today's executive leaders through science and stories. I'm your host, Grinnell Khan. Hello and welcome to Executive Brain. This is Grinnell, your host, speaking today with Blaze Sanders. Blaze is an ex-NASA robotics engineer. He has been doing hardware engineering for over eight years in VR and aerospace. At NASA, he worked on a lunar warm bot, then served as a CTO at Space VR, where he developed the system architecture for a VR CubeSat, which is basically a small satellite. And as a senior electrical engineer at Meta Company, Blaze conducted research and development on the Meta 2 augmented reality headset. He uses robotics as a means to emphasize time for humans to internally grow and spend more time with friends, family, mental health, and doing fun things. And for Blaze, rockets fit that bill perfectly. Blaze, I'm so glad to have you here on Executive Brain. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Thanks for having me. Okay, great. So let's jump right in here. So what inspired you? What has inspired you to build robots to in turn promote humans in being more connected to each other? Yeah, since I was a kid, uh, I wanted to be an astronaut. And so I always think the best engineers are kind of lazy. And so we never like to do the same thing twice. So I see robots as a, a great way of helping us. For example, I really hate making coffee in the mornings. That's a great time to be able to say like goodbye to your kids or your wife or your husband. Um, and so using robots in those instances uh, to make our lives better is kind of what I'm most passionate about. Yeah, I see it the same. I think we have a lot of place and time for robots to be jumping in into our daily lives so we can spend these small moments in life with the people we love and the things we love to do. So then that comes to the next question. More robots in our daily lives. How do you respond to the conversation about robots doing things better than us, performing better than us, taking our jobs? I feel a lot of hesitancy and anxiety, nervousness about that. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were. Yeah, robots are better at doing math, basically. So those are the kind of things that they should be doing. I feel like the only real hard part in the whole robot revolution is the transition so the end part's going to be amazing when we're star trek and before there are any robots it's okay it's really that transition from no robots to all the robots that's going to be really really hard things like bill gates he wants to initiate a robot tax so that makes robots slightly more expensive but then also gives funding for like unemployment as humans transition away from some jobs and have to find new ones. Other things like tractors and horses to car were all examples of times when 
we went from no robots to a lot more robots. So I feel like it's something we always go through no matter what time period we're in. And so humans always figure a way to solve the problem. Eventually, we're pretty smart. So um, I think we can do it. Yeah, I think we can too. It is a transitionary time, but we've done this at least two, three times before if you factor in the different revolutions industrially that we've undergone in the last maybe you could say 200 plus years as we go forward i kind of think that humans should really only do the things we're really good at like raising kids like drawing art like that's those are things that robots can't do they also can't do like really complex math like einstein they don't know how to think about problems in that way at least not yet so yeah humans should do human things we started discussing it in the past, and you mentioned this idea of a Death Star, the type of Death Star on Star Wars, and you have a project of launching one of these into space. Can you explain that? Yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, and I like open source hardware, so I'm going to shoot a 4-inch Death Star that's 3D printed, has an 8-watt laser that's going to fire safely while it's up in space. And the goal is basically just to, like, promote STEM education to kids, uh, have a good time, celebrate the release of the new Star Wars movie coming out in December. Um, so, yeah, going to launch it into space December 13th, about a week before the movie, and just have a good time. I've already paid for the rocket launch, and the Kickstarter helped pay for everything else, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Sounds like a perfect excuse to have a barbecue at the same time. I agree. You could use the laser prototype to burn some meat. That would be good, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could try that. I I don't know much about space, but I know that if you shoot something like a laser, something like this, this is a a message which could potentially be received. It's it's a it's something that's out there now, traveling. How do you explain that? Yeah, laser light will go on for ever you just need a detector to pick it up there is a little window in the rocket fairing which is at the top of the rocket so the laser light will shoot out and if it doesn't run into the earth or the moon or jupiter then it will continue to go until the nearest star three light years away so yeah long-term goal is to like have people send love messages via laser light out to all the stars around us hmm, kind of like a message in a bottle type of situation Exactly. Let's talk about your experience as an executive, a CTO. Can you talk about the process of becoming a CTO and withholding that title? What was that like for you? I really only start companies because I want to do cool things. So in the beginning, I thought it was a good idea to be CEO because you're the boss and all that cool stuff. But uh, I was never really comfortable talking with people, at least at first. And so I've kind of transitioned myself more into the CEO role, um, just from like previous jobs when I was a younger engineer, I always kind of felt overworked. So being able to kind of switch to that CTO role and kind of work with engineers in a better way is kind of more my interest now. So I've kind of transitioned from CEO to CTO to kind of help people and help myself as well. And you seem to have a philosophy about the work day and what a work day looks like. Yeah, I kind of think the perfect work schedule would be working four days a week for 10 hours, 
with like paid naps in the middle of the day. That way you never work more days in a row than you have off. So work Monday, Tuesday, take Wednesday off, work Thursday, Friday, take the weekend off. And that way you can also hang out with your friends after work and be less stressed. You have a different philosophy about working. You have a thoughts about life where robots can help improve our lives and allow us to do what we want to do. So this seems kind of, you can say, maybe arguably say a cultural shift. So how are you able to set the tone of this, this different culture of working with people the way that you do, uh, a different work philosophy and developing an emotional support dynamic at the same time at work? How are you able to do that? Yeah, like I mentioned before, I always kind of felt overworked as a young engineer. So as I became a leader, it was really important to not have fellow colleagues have that same feeling. So early on now in the process, I like to talk to the people that I'm interviewing about depression or stress that they've had at previous jobs and how we're trying not to achieve that same goal at the company that I'm currently running. Not necessarily like at the first interview, because that could be off-putting or surprising to people, but very early on in the process, making sure to talk to people about culture, tone of work. Um, I'm also really big into Elon Musk. He doesn't like to hear good news, uh, just kind of really wants to know what is going on. So I try to be super honest to people as soon as possible and just kind of focus on the person. Uh, solicit negative feedback, especially from friends. Um, and I live by that quote, basically. Is this happening enough? Is this happening enough in our tech and corporate work society? Are we paying attention to our workers? Are we supporting them emotionally? Are we listening to their individualized ways of wanting to work for them to be mentally healthy? I think we should be doing more like at the last three companies I was at. Like no one talks about this stuff because it makes you seem weak. But uh, the stronger you are, the more honest you can be about these things. So I feel like it should be the number one thing. It's the only thing that really matters. Like good employees make great companies and you have to work together and feel like you're one. So the sooner you can actually make connections with people, the better everything goes. Like you have more fun, more productive. Uh, everything doesn't have to be so serious at work. I agree. In the practice of my coaching, when I'm with my clients, as well as what I try to implement myself in my day, is to actually get to know the people who I'm working with. Um, even in those small moments of walking to the elevator or going up the stairs or walking outside to get to, to some lunch on the sidewalk, I use those moments to say, how's your weekend or what, you know, you know what I did this weekend, this was cool and kind of open up and people just naturally open up and speak other than just talking about what the next work task is or what we're going to have to present in the next meeting. And it just gives an opportunity to have that human factor, that connection factor. Those spill over into the workspace to develop and buttress a firmer form of trust and confidence in your team. I believe it's a very important component. And when I ask how you're doing at the start of meetings, I kind of, I actually mean it. I had to kind of say that some other companies, like I'm not just trying to make small talk, I'm actually interested in what you're doing and how you're feeling. Because if you're not feeling well, that's 
not good for you as a person and not good for the company. And I think people get a bit put off or even surprised by this question. They may be thinking, what do you mean? How am I feeling? You're my boss. <laughs> you know, this kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I like a flat kind of structure too. It's like everyone at the company should be even like there's no boss really. Like I might have the final say on something if we disagree, but I want to hear the negative feedback and everything that you have to say. So Exactly. So this is the part where I try to fathom how you put these two things together. Your interests in human development and workspace equality, and then this very hard wires and metal robots in space. You know, how do you combine these? Like how do you combine being good engineer with a relaxing environment to work in. Yeah, you could say that. I don't know. It's just about having really small groups like inside the companies, like having a wellness person to help you think about these things and always about having fun all the time, like, and actually talking to your employees about some of the more serious things like one-on-one, like, Maybe not necessarily in the elevator, but taking them out to coffee. Like I've done that for a couple friends and colleagues where we can actually talk about like depression or depressive states that I've gone through. Kind of start with opening up yourself as the boss. And if they want to share, let them kind of share over coffee or tea that kind of thing. What responses do you tend to get like when you start opening up and uh, becoming more vulnerable what's the response um i've never had a bad response like maybe at a first coffee meeting they don't want to talk too much about themselves but i've always kind of had like follow-up texts thanking me i can't really think of a time where i talked about depressive states that I've gone through that the person then came back and said you're the worst boss ever how could you be so weak or (laughs) anything like that so I don't know people like being people so right you mentioned the project of launching the Death Star to space to promote STEM yeah I'm mostly interested in like middle school girls that are leaving STEM. That's kind of my biggest passion. Um, so I didn't like projects when I was in college to promote uh, minority women to continue to stay in STEM. And so we did things like launch rockets and write code together and just have a good time. And following up on that, what is your thoughts on the lower statistics of minorities in STEM and tech and robotics? I might have a slightly conflicting thought. I don't know. When I was younger, uh, I have a home video of me. My mom asked me what I wanted to be. And before she even kind of finished the question, I yelled astronauts. And so I'm not sure why women and minorities are not so interested in joining STEM. I have never not wanted to be. I feel like if it's something that you want to achieve, you will go for it and need to apply yourself. I kind of see why people think they need to see people that look like them. I understand the idea behind it, but it's never really been a reason for me to join STEM, so I can't quite connect there, I guess. Okay, I understand that. Are you an astronaut? Were you able to reach that goal? 
Not yet, but I'm starting rocket companies, and the plan is to buy my way to being a private astronaut. Right now, Virgin Galactic sells private astronaut tickets for about 200000 and Elon Musk is going to send tickets to Mars for about 500000 So that's the plan, to retire on Mars by, like, I don't know, 40 or 50, and just uh, retire, have a good time, be an astronaut, work together with people. So you planned on retiring on Mars, I see? Yeah, I plan on dying on Mars, maybe at like 150 years old, go there when I'm 40 at probably the earliest and 65 at the latest. We'll probably, it'll be a hard life for sure on Mars, <laughs> I'll be living in caves like the caveman days from half a million years ago, but uh, if you have to die somewhere, it might as well be somewhere cool. <laughs> or doing something cool too. Exactly. I would like to get a little bit more of your philosophy on, on leadership. How do you apply leadership for yourself, for those working around you, for your company? How do you, what's your philosophy there? And what do you hold at the forefront of your mind in your day-to-day activities in doing what you do within the teams that you're involved in? Yeah, you see a lot of leadership memes online where there's a difference between a boss and a leader. A boss will be climbing the mountain and just leaving people behind, and a leader will be grabbing people by the hands and dragging them up the mountain. So uh, I generally generally like to lead by example, just kind of doing the best that I can all the time. I know I'll make tons of mistakes, but being able to talk to people and get their feedback on the mistakes that I'm making as a leader is super important to me, just in general. I don't think any human knows what they're doing ever. So we should just all be working together and doing the best that we can at all times and making sure to talk to each other so that we know what is going wrong. Do you find other leaders as well adopting your example? Do you see it spreading? A um, little bit at Tesla. Like I mentioned before, like negative feedback is the leading thing. Um, that's both about probably product stuff, like how to make the car better, but also just kind of day-to-day, there's a problem with this factory bit or this robot bit that needs to be fixed. NASA has also done a good job, like the new administrator, impressing people to get back to the moon. So I think those are two examples of leadership improving. Well, Blaze. Everything that you're saying here is uh, great to hear. I'm glad that there is a leadership such as you in these roles, in these places of technology and space and robotics. I feel like this message is something that is to be heard and promoted and normalized in a sense. So people don't look at it as weak or not strong enough or this kind of uh, image. I believe the leadership is an image that is someone who is a great listener, someone who's willing to be vulnerable, someone who is willing to be consistent and applies much attention to the team around them. I think it's the only way to move forward and in the most positive and conscious way. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned before, no one really has the right idea to start. Like, it's super important to get feedback as early and as often as possible from your your colleagues. And again, just communication and understanding people's perspective and having perspectives from different cultures 
and different sexes inside of your company is super important. 51% of all humans are female, so if you want to make money, it's probably a good idea to understand what they might buy from your engineers on your team that are female and from your marketing people. So communication is key. Well, Blaze, this has been a wonderful time speaking with you. Again, I really do appreciate you being on Executive Brain and sharing with us your knowledge and experience. Yeah, thanks. Lots of fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Executive Brain. I'm open to hearing from my listeners and always curious to know what topics interest you regarding leadership. Feel free to leave a comment on this podcast and visit Executive Brain on Facebook and Twitter. I also give one-to-one executive coaching, so if you want to learn more about that, send me a note. My contact details are in the description of this episode. Remember, there are leaders all around us, and there is always an opportunity to be a positive leader. Let's strive to constantly serve as an example of great leadership. Be good. If you are a leader within your company and feel like you can benefit from executive coaching, reach out to me, Grinil Khanna, at Executive Brain. Go to executivebrain.com. That's www.executive-brain.com. There you can find the types of coaching services I provide, my contact info, and of course, more episodes of Executive Brain. Reach out to me for a free first session.